feel it wiggling between your quivering thighs and bang. That thing, that thing with chains. Once every millennium, something will come along when you feel it. You will know it, cause it's coming on strong. That Welcome to episode 60 of That Thing with James J. Ash II. I'm your host, James J. Ash II, and I'm actually going to make this a short episode. I've said that for like the past three episodes, but I'm going to make this an actually short episode, um, and it's about chaos. Yes, chaos. Chaos theory. It's about uh, chaos. Um, oh fuck. I'm already forgetting. There's chaos theory. There's the butterfly effect, uh, starring Ashton Kutcher. There's deterministic chaos. So chaos is how events are unpredictable in a complex, uh, structure, whatever. What does chaos look like? Chaos looks like everything. Chaos looks like the weather. Chaos looks like when you put cream into your coffee. The way it stirs around and moves around is chaos. So the way chaos works is that things have a uh, predictable, determined route. However, there are so many plethora, infinity, other elements at play with their own subjective, predictable, um, determined paths that it's kind of difficult to 
you know, rule them all out. Like one thing influences every other thing. So there's the popular, uh, pretty common idea for like the butterfly effect, which is if a butterfly flaps its wings in China, it causes a hurricane in Texas. So how does that happen? Okay. Have you ever watched the movie Jurassic Park? I would hope so. But if you haven't watched Jurassic Park, you should definitely watch it. And one of my favorite actors, Jeff Goldblum, um, he plays a scientist, doctor or something. I forget his name, Dr. Sexy Pants. And uh, he... He, he, he holds this woman's hand and is like showing her how chaos works. He gets a glass of water and he gets the woman to hold her hand up kind of like at an angle, a right degree, 90 degree angle at the wrist and to hold her hand still. And he puts a drop of water on her hand and which way does it go? They're trying to predict which way the water drop is going to go. Well, they drop it once, it rolls down the back of her wrist. So then they wipe that off and they're like, okay, now let's try that again in the exact same spot. And where do you think the water droplet is going to roll off your hand this time? And the woman says, I think it's going to go off the same path off the back. And he said, okay, let's try that out. Puts a drop of water in the same spot on her hand. <gasps> but it rolls off the side instead of down the back. It's chaos. So you thought it would go one way, but it went another way. So what does, what, what changed it? Why did it not follow the original path? Well, there are many factors at play. There is her body hair. There's um, her skin, how the pores are affects the path of the water drop, the hairs on the back of her hand, the peach fuzz, um, any movement outside of her body may have caused the water drop to take a different route than it did the first time. Uh, wind in the air, air pressure, humidity, all of these different elements affected which way the water drop would drop. So basically, determinism is that it's not random. So the thing with chaos theory is that it is not a bunch of random events. It is a bunch of deterministic events. Deterministic means predictable. You can predict, you can calculate what something is going to be like or how it's going to behave within a certain amount of time. But when when you perform an experiment like the water drop and it goes against what you predicted, it goes against its determined uh, path, that's because of the deterministic outcomes of the infinite other tiny or large things affecting it also in that environment. So like, um, say you're going to drop a bowling ball off of a 20 foot ledge and you say, okay, this is what's going to happen. It's just going to fall down and it's going to take this long and it's going to land right there. Okay. So comes, comes time. You've predicted how the bowling ball is going to drop. You let the bowling ball go and, um, 
slightly varies to what you predicted. So because you used math, it should be exactly, it should have behaved and gone exactly the way you predicted it would, but it didn't. Why? Well, perhaps it's because, say, a person was dropping it. Perhaps they kind of gave it a little push or didn't let it go without sending it in some certain direction. Perhaps a huge gust of wind came along or a, a bird is flying by and just ran straight into the bowling ball midair and it sent the bowling ball landing in a different spot and taking a different amount of time to hit the spot 20 feet below the ledge. So everything has, every individual thing has its deterministic or predictable path. However, everything is influenced by everything else. And, uh, and it will send a thing on an unpredictable path. Okay, let's take another good example is meteorology. Have you ever said, why do they always get the fucking weather wrong? I know I have, and it happens a lot. As a matter of fact, uh, the guy who first came up with or discovered or thought of chaos theory, he kind of discovered it, uh, was a meteorologist. And with the help of two um, mathematicians who were women who don't often get the credit but they really are the ones who helped him flesh out chaos theory. I don't know their names, and I don't want to bother time doing Wikipedia. I spent way too much time on Wikipedia in the last episode. But these three people uh, fleshed out chaos theory, and it started off with the weather. Ideally, you should be able to predict what the weather is going to be due to winds air pressure, uh, you know, high and low pressure, temperature, uh, moisture, yada, yada, yada. And you use a computer and other calculations to predict what the weather will be like. However, the weather is often different than what it turns out, the than what can be predicted by the computers and calculations that meteorologists use. Why is that? It's because of so many other um, unforeseen, unpredictable influences on the weather, on the prediction, that change it. So basically, it's not that random things are happening. Everything happens as a for cause and effect reasons. It happens, but it changes along the path because it is affected by different causes and effects. You know what I mean? So, okay, here's another example. Let's say I'm going to go outside because I'm visiting my parents, I'm out in the country, and I can go outside and pee. And I intend on peeing on an anthill and, uh, and that's what I fully intend to do. You know, I've got the arc, I can feel the pressure in my bladder and I can predict how I'm going to launch my urine out of my penis urethra onto the anthill because I'm a sadistic son of a bitch. And, uh, so that's what I think is going to happen. So I go out 
and I unzip my pants. As a matter of fact, I just want to get comfortable. So I unbuckle my pants. I drop them all the way down to my ankles, my underpants too. Because I'm a man, and real men drop their pants and tidy whities all the way to their ankles when they pee. So if you go to a male bathroom, men's bathroom, and you see a bunch of men's standing at the urinal peeing, but they've still got their pants on, they're a bunch of pussies. And then they're, they're a bunch of Sally, Nancy, lady men who don't know how to pee like a real tough man with his pants and his underpants around his ankles. It's better off if you take off your shoes, too. Just do it in your socks. So I was in my socks. Theoretically, okay, back to the analogy. I'm in my socks. I have discarded my shoes. I threw them away from me um, as an act of pure masculine energy. And I drop my, and I've got my socks. I'm standing in the dirt um, uh, about a foot or two away from the anthill, which, which is in front of me. And I've got my pants, my underpants down around my ankles. And I grab my balls and my penis because that's what a man does. I cup the balls with my left hand and I pinch the head of my penis, actually the skin just behind the top of the head. Uh, I'm circumcised. So uncircumcised guys, they might have to peel some extra skin back, but they've got more skin to hang on to. I'm just pinching uh, with my pinky out in the air, but I've got my index finger and my thumb pinching um, my absent foreskin area just behind the top of the penis head, the helmet. And I'm cupping the balls with the left hand, gently, you know, undulating my fingers so that they roll around um, to try to stimulate the the, uh, pelvic floor for optimal urine thrust. And I aim my wee-wee at a slight, let's say, uh, 30-degree angle. And I can feel the propulsion from the pressure of the the urine that's going to come out. And I let whiz go. And just as I go whiz whiz, I see the first droplets arc in the air, just as I predicted. And they're about a foot or two feet above the anthill. And just then, a huge gust of wind blows in from from the east and it blows my pee droplets back toward me and it gets the pee all over the inside of my underpants which are down around my ankles okay and i don't stop um because that's painful to have to stop midstream and so i just let it happen um the wind doesn't stop it's a constant steady pressure for the next um 30 to 45 seconds. And the whole time I've just soaked my, my tidy whities, but you can't tell uh, the difference because they're already kind of yellow because I'm a real man and real guys know how to piss their pants on purpose. And um, so that's chaos. And then after that, so, you know, I predicted my PP going in this way, but then that prediction got thwarted by a prediction that I didn't predict 
I would need to make from the wind gusting. And that wind gust happened because back in 1965 in Munich, Germany, or as they say, Munchen, um, a bird pooped on a banker's head. And the banker, he was bald. He was a cue ball. And he had been reading uh, The Trial by Franz Kafka. And uh, the bird pooped on his head. And he wiped, you know, he got freaked out because he'd had too much coffee. He was walking to work. And um, the bird pooped on his head. He he had like a bunch of books in his brief. He had his briefcase in his left hand. And he had uh, The Trial by Franz Kafka stuffed like kind of tucked up under his left underarm. And, um, and then the bird poo came down on its head. And then he reached, he got surprised, so he reached for his handkerchief on his uh, inside breast pocket and wiped off the bird poo on his head, but then didn't notice while he was wiping that the copy of The Trial by Franz Kafka slipped out from under his arm. And he's wiping, and he looks at his watch because he's wiping, and he sees, oh no, he's almost late to work. So he starts to run, and still doesn't notice that he's lost his book. So he runs and runs and runs to work. But let's forget about him and go back to the book. Who finds the book but a dog named Spetzel? Spetzel picks up the book and takes it, you know, in its mouth, and starts walking around the block. And uh, a little boy named Steve, who's visiting from America. I don't know if Munich was on the east side or the, le- the west side. I don't know. <laughs> if it's on the west side, then uh, uh, let's say an American boy named Stevie found the dog and the copy of uh, The Trial by Franz Kafka published in in German language. And the boy then reads, wants to read the book, so he has to learn German. And so that's how he started learning German. And that's how he figured out that he wanted to grow up to be an ambassador. And one day when he was older, he did become an ambassador. And then he was going to take an airplane from... Um, from London, England, down to um, Nice, France. And uh, he takes the plane, and the propulsion from the plane engines caused a stir in the air, a little stir in the air relatively to the rest of the earth and all the air in the earth. And then, you know, that stir in the air caused a ripple effect within the clouds and the rest of the air. And the ripple effect caused a massive accumulation of um, clouds, moisture, and static electricity in the air that caused a thunderstorm over uh, Kansas City. And that thunderstorm caused a low or a high pressure, low pressure system that sent a huge gust of wind to out in the country in Oklahoma while I was standing in the yard with my 
shoes taken off and tossed aside in a very masculine way, my pants and my underpants down around my ankles, and my urine flying, about to land onto the anthill, blowing back on into my into my dropped underpants. And uh, and that's that's chaos, you know? So these events aren't random. They're effects that were caused by an early effect, which was caused by an earlier effect, which was caused by an earlier effect, and so on and so on and so on. And these are all deterministic. These are all predictable things. However, it's a complex system because all of these things don't exist in a vacuum. All of these things affect every other thing. So when you're watching this or listening to this, you bat your eyelash at just the right moment. And it, uh, and then you miss like a squirrel flying by. You know, there's so many things going on all at once that it seems pretty chaotic. And it can be pretty difficult to make predictions, such as what the weather is going to be like a year from now on this date. 365 days from this moment right now. What is the weather going to be like exactly? You can't predict it because there are so many other things at play affecting every other thing. That's chaos theory. Um, now, this relates to what I was talking about in the last episode about Taoism and about how there are there is a current stronger than you, but you also affect the current. If, if, if you've been, um, you know, enjoying this show or consuming this show since the last episode, then you know, I'm ta- you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I encourage you to go back and uh, listen to or watch episode 59, um, which is about Taoism and uh, about the Tao and Wu Wei. So the Tao I was talking about, it's like you're floating down a river and that river is your life experience. And that river is bigger and stronger than you and you float on it and it carries you in a certain direction and it has such a great effect on you. However, you can have a small effect on the river as well. So Taoism, the whole concept of the Tao and the way the Tao works how there are outside influences bigger than you that affect your life, but how you also have some small effect on it too. Even though you're a small thing, you cause a little ripple that can grow into something large that becomes a larger effect on someone else's life. All right? That's kind of how Taoism works. And I think it's pretty fucking cool that like, since what? Uh... 2000 BC or however long ago, it was definitely in the BC. And I'm talking like, not not before Corona, but like BC, BC, when uh, Taoism started being uh, recorded, the ideas are, the ideas are very, very, very much like chaos theory. And I think that's cool. And as I said, this is going to be a short episode. And so... Bye. <laughs> Wait, don't go yet. Don't go yet. Um, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show. 
listeners write uh, uh, you know write a review and rate the show for the viewers on YouTube. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to my channel. Uh, write a comment, like the videos you like, and for all of you, share the show with your friends. Um, if you enjoy this show, please consider becoming a donor. You can donate as little as a dollar a month, or you can donate more if you want to donate. But you go to patreon.com slash that thing with James, and it'll tell you how to become a donor. And once you do that, you will get access to the uh, bi-weekly, very short stories that I publish exclusively for donors on my Patreon page. So if you don't donate, you won't be able to read those very short stories. But if you do, you get access to them. And you can even choose like the, um, the smallest tier, the $1 a month, and you'll get access. But furthermore, you'll get peace of mind in knowing that you're helping... Uh, uh, you know, an independent artist, an independent craftsman bring you content. And hopefully it's good content. Hopefully you find this interesting and entertaining and educational. And if you have an idea for a story you'd like me to share or a subject you would like me to cover on the show, send me an email. If you have uh, if you are in search of advice, and I'd be happy to give advice on the show, I can keep you anonymous if you want, or or I can say your name if you want. Send me an email at thatthingwithjames at gmail.com. And, uh, or, or if you want, you can slide into my DMs. I'm active on Instagram and Twitter. My handle is at James J. Asher. And, uh, and you know... Again, share the show with your friends. This is a short episode. I feel very naked and very weird ending this already, but, um, you know, that's all I had to say about chaos. I, I, I'm uh, going to go about the rest of my day. Uh, bye. I love you. Be safe. Bye. <laughs>